Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I guess Monday morning for some of y'all. Thanks for joining us at Super Talk dot fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from we appreciate all our great listeners especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us appreciate strange brew coffee house and churning spoon ice cream joel has got some right here he does he does and he is enjoying it i, I know that he is thanks to shout on, out to our, on, our on, listener on, uh is it michael Mike bayless, ba- bayless yes. yeah who uh hooked us up with a, a gift card we certainly appreciate that Appreciate you guys taking care of us. You guys make sure you're taking care of Strange Brew Coffee House because they've been taking care of you throughout all this craziness. College Corner. I mean, here we are, folks. We are we are in game week. This is game week. If you don't have your new maroon and white by now, buddy, I don't know what to tell you. I swear if you show up in that maroon is all that matters, sure. I know exactly what to tell you. What? Get with College Corner. Hey, you still got time. Uh, you know, you can get a gift card for 70 bucks. And get a hundred dollars worth of merchandise. That's exactly what I would do if I were you. So it needs to have been done. I don't know why. You and if you've yet. done it once, do it again. I mean, you can't ever have too much. I know. I know. I don't know a single MSU fan who only has one MSU polo, one MSU T-shirt. You got some stuff to get in there. So, so treat yourself again. You made it. It's game week. Yeah. If you're looking at a polo and you're like, yeah, it's seventy dollars. That's kind of a lot for for one shirt. Well, just buy the gift card. And then you can get that polo plus another shirt. Yeah. A hat. Something. Oh, you can complete the ensemble. Yeah. So do it. CollegeCornerStore.com <laughs> and shop at either of their two Jackson area locations. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by The Half Shell. Advantage Business Systems wants you to know that right now businesses need to be running at their peak efficiency. You can't afford to have things keeping money out of your pocket. So call Advantage Business Systems today and find out how they can help you. Find out what solutions they want to put to work for you. Find out what kind of improvements they can put in your office. Do it today. Call them at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Before we start with football, Joel, I nearly teared up this afternoon, this Sunday afternoon, because Joel Coleman and Brian Haydad were sitting side by side at Duty Noble Field watching MSU baseball. And after what I determined to be 193 days, thanks to some haters, a couple of haters, couple of haters, one of them in New York, couple of haters. He's six foot five, and he looks like Shrek, and you can't teach that. But anyway, <laughs> it felt so good to cover and to tweet about MSU sports again. It was. Glorious! <laughs> it was fun, man. I mean, just—I I told my wife, I was like, I, "Practice, you know, you know me. I'm not really not much for going to a scrimmage. I, you know, football scrimmage is sure. I'll come out if, if we can. Basketball, baseball, no, I'm good. Not today. I, I missed all of this Cowboys ridiculous comeback. Don't care. Don't care. Enjoyed myself out at Diddy Noble. I think my compadre, my compadre here did. Yeah, 
great weather. Just oh. everything about it. Was, it felt like dry. So, a lot of times last year, you know, we would do baseball and then go. I drive to the studio, which is what we did today, right? So that drive, and when you combine that with the, the weather, it felt like spring. Yeah, it felt like I, I had never left March. It was it was just something. It was really special, and I can't wait now to get back to football and you know next week to be in the stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so here we are on the first game week of football. We're mm-hmm. going to spend the entire show today on baseball. No, no, we're, we're not going that baseball. far. We're, we're, we're not going that far. About, but it, was, it was fun. It really was something. All right, we got a lot to talk about here today. We've got uh, some coffee to not give out later in the show. We've got some recruiting, obviously, but we will start with football. And this was the comment I made before. Um, we started, and, and, and you tell me if you agree, that these two teams, Mississippi State and LSU, are so different from a year ago. Completely new coordinators, both with a new quarterback. LSU, I mean, so many different faces from a season ago. Mississippi State, a lot of new faces of their own. Joel, it's like these two teams are, never didn't play each other last year. It's like we're not previewing a game that happens every season. There is zero continuity from this year to last year, for either team, in my opinion. Yeah. Does that help anybody? Feels like if it gives anybody an edge, it's State. See, I disagree. Well, I, ahead, I say that because go ahead. State goes into this game with not crap to lose anyway. Right. Nobody expects them to win. Um, you're playing the defending national champs. You're playing with house money if you're Mississippi State. So you enter a game here where... If you win, great. If you lose, everybody kind of expected you to lose. Well, I mean, I, I think it benefits the fact that LSU has really no clue what you're going to do when you come in there. Uh, I think that that tilts the scale. The odd, It kind of tilts the odds in your favor, I think, a little bit if you're Mississippi State because they don't know what to expect out, out of Mike Leach other than he's going to throw the ball. I mean, but but it's nothing, nothing Mississippi State's ever thrown at them before. Um in LSU, I mean, they, they've got some figuring out to do. Uh, I mean, I, I guess they're in – to an extent, I guess you could say State and LSU are in the same spot. They both got figuring out to do a little bit, and you could make the case, well, yeah, and LSU has better talent to do it. So I, I, I could go either way here. But my first instinct when you ask the question is, given all the uncertainty and how State's playing with house money anyway, I feel like it kind of helps – State pull the upset. You know, I'm not calling for them to pull the upset, but I'm saying I, I feel like the, all the variables kind of maybe lean in State's favor when you're dealing with all this uncertainty anyway. Because, look, Mike Leach has got a new – he's got new chess pieces, but he's still playing this same game. You know, after 20 years in the head coaching business, he's going to do his thing like he's done every single year of it. and he just got new tools to go out there and work with. So – I kind of feel like that helps state, but convince me otherwise. I know you're on the other side of this. It's very simple for me. What wins games? Talent. And who is the more talented team? LSU. Well, that would have been the case, even if everything had been I, equal. I, it, well, that's that's the same. That's the thing, though. Everything is sort of equal because it's everything's new. Nobody has the advantage of knowing what the other one really wants to do. I mean, I guess you the, there's a little bit of that. Mike Leach's last two years at Texas Tech – overlapped Bo Pelini's first two years at Nebraska when he was the head coach there. 
So they do have a little bit of familiarity with each other. But that was 2008, 2009. I'm talking about a full decade has passed. Both coaches obviously have evolved and added to, the, to their offense and to their defense respectively. LSU is just a more talented team. And, and everything else, that's, just, that's going to win out nine times out of ten. You know, at the end of the day, they just have better players. So, you know, just the fact that they don't have they, – yeah, they may not have the film they want. They may not have an idea of the game plan they want. But their players are just better than Mississippi State's by and large. Don't you feel like maybe – maybe I'm wrong here. LSU is going to – 2020 LSU will look closer to 2019 LSU than 2020 Mississippi State will look like 2019 Mississippi State. In terms of what they want to do in the yeah. schemes? Yes. yes. I agree with that 100%. I mean, Pelini and Aranda, not a huge difference there. Both aggressive defensive coordinators. They both want to do sort of the same things. Offensively, I don't really know because Scott Linehan in the NFL, I mean, not exactly an innovator offensively. Um, and I, you know, they just lost. I mean, they lost Burrow. They lost Edwards Hilaire. They lost Chase now. They lost Jefferson. I mean, they lost so much. I could see them, especially in this first game, maybe trying to play a little more conservatively and let Brennan get his feet underneath him a bit and maybe run the ball a little bit more than you saw last year. Not that they didn't, like I said, they lost their leading rusher. But LSU and, and highly rated running backs, they, you know, they grow on trees down there. So I, I think LSU, if you said who's going to look the most different from – Obviously, Mississippi State's going to look a lot different because they completely changed the scheme. But I think LSU's going to look a lot different as well, at least in game one. Now, by the time they get to game three or four and they feel like if they feel like Brennan is coming along, maybe they open things back up again. But also, I also just don't believe – I am not a believer in this idea that it was Joe Brady's system and he just left the, the, left the playbook behind. You know, I think it's going to look different. How different? I don't know the answer to that. Um, go ahead. Well, I was just – Joe Brady, Joe Brady, Joe Brady. Joe Burrow isn't there anymore. That that to me is if you watched him on Monday or Thursday night, there's no way you can sit there with a straight face and tell me they'll be fine with Miles Brennan. That guy's different. Yeah. I was completely wrong about Joe Burrow. Yeah. And, and so I don't care is Joe Brady a loss for LSU, yeah. But Joe Burrow is the biggest loss, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh yeah, man, I just do we know for sure that LSU is going to be able to to be good offensively with Miles Brennan and and, and no Joe Brady? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out in six days. Uh, I just really feel like it's the perfect storm if Mississippi State is going to have a chance to pull an upset over a defending national champion in that you're going into their house that's not going to be but 25% full. You're going into their house and they're still trying to figure things out after their Heisman winner and the guru that called all the plays or whatever is gone. Uh, you can just you can list so many things for why that team that was a national champion a few months ago isn't all that intimidating right now. Yeah. Uh, now that's not to say that on Saturday they're the same team. They might not. They may come out and punch State in the face, and State never get up. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you want to get all optimistic for an upset, there are a ton of ingredients in that recipe to draw up why State's going to, at the very least, hang in this game. This is a three outcome game, in my opinion. I don't think State winning blowout is is an outcome. I think no. LSU could just be 
we could just have vastly underestimated them and they could come out and roll state. Yeah. Or it could be a close game either way. I agree. If state won by more than two touchdowns, I would be amazed. Yes. The, the only outcome that would surprise me is a Mississippi State blowout. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, that's. So the newness of, of both teams, it's not a. I don't think it's a huge advantage for either team. I, I don't think when I say I think LSU has the adva- has the advantage, it's 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 not it's not overwhelming, you know. And like and like you said, uh, they were going to be more talented either way. But for me, you know, I, I just trust better players to react yeah. to things. I mean, things they haven't seen quicker. When you're looking at this, though, is it going to surprise you at the end of the year if LSU finishes like? I don't know, fourth in the West? Like, if they end up behind A&M and Auburn, would it shock you? I, I would be pretty surprised. Won't really? I, yeah. I, I don't know. Did you get your uh I, I haven't filled it I out I filled yet, mine but. out. I had LSU second in the West. But that, I think that's more because I don't have a lot of faith. In, you know I don't have faith in Auburn. That's yeah. My, it's my brand. And I don't have any faith in Texas A&M. And, you know, A&M keeps losing pieces. They've lost Jamon Osmond. They lost Anthony Hines on Sunday. I mean, I, I, Kellen Mond, eh, so and then Auburn, you know me. I'm never going to have faith in that team to win more than you know. They're they're going to lose three or four games this year. So I have LSU. I think with I think I have eight and two. I think I'm losing to Florida and to Alabama. I mean, if they lost to Auburn or A&M, I wouldn't be completely shocked. And I think you had them losing to A&M. But at the same time, I mean, do I think they're going to lose four or five games? I have trouble seeing that. Yeah. So we'll see. Where's your gut at today? Where's right your right here below my chest, as it always is. You can't see that thing? It's massive. I mean, obviously, my, my, obviously we're both going to predict an LSU win. My gut right now is but, that State loses uh, between 14 and 20 points. I was leaning more towards the 14 on that end. I mean, But, I, but I'm kind of with I'm kind If of I said you. they lost 48-28. I mean, really, that doesn't shock me. Yeah, yeah. That's not too surprised. Because it, it's not the offense. It's the defense. I, I don't have a lot of faith. I need to see... I know I feel very confident without seeing it or anything that Mike Leach's offense will accumulate yards and points. <coughs> but I need to see this defense stop somebody before I'm going to buy anything on that. What's the point total I could tell you for LSU? I could say they scored X number of points mm-hmm. where you're like, "Wow, State's defense did really they they really showed out." You know, like what's the- 31 and under? Think about 31 to LSU. I would I would be thinking oh, they might they must play pretty well because I mean that they're going to score LSU is, is they're going to score yeah so but yeah if you, you told me that even the state lost thirty one twenty eight I'd be like that state that defense is going to be pretty good yeah. they're going to be pretty salty for, for game one in Baton Rouge they're going to be okay yeah and you feel like given the the leech offense that if that defense held LSU to thirty one you're in the game that you're in the you've game. got a shot yeah you're, you're in at least at at worst. Be in the game in the final minute because it doesn't feel like in game one of the air raid at Mississippi State that Leach and company could go into Baton Rouge and put up forty two or something like that. It doesn't no. feel like that that could no. happen. If State had a couple of different receivers, if if they had a little bit more proven commodity at receiver, I would say sure, you'd have that opportunity. But I mean, I, I got to, I got that, that's something I do need to see. I, I know, I know that it will come. I know that it will. But I don't know that on day one, like you said, can you go into Baton Rouge against LSU and, and Bo Pelini and that talented defense and, and put up 40-plus? If you do, buddy, this is going to be a fun ride these next few weeks with this Mississippi State team because they're going to win yeah. a lot of games. Um, but, yeah, there, there's definitely some wait and see on both sides of the ball. There's just less for me on offense. Defense has a lot of wait and see to it. So uh, We don't have to wait and see who Mississippi State's next commitment is, though. 
All right, and this is going to be brought to you by this recruiting update, brought to you by our good friends at Welcome Home Beef, who want to remind you that they are serving food all weekend long out of the food truck. I drove past there uh, the other night, and, uh, man, the line was – there was a long line, a lot of people in the parking lot. So you guys are finding out what I've been telling you for the past few months, that Welcome Home Beef is some of the best food out there. And if they're cooking it for you, great. You can pick up a burger, a steak sandwich, a taco. They saw some of their specials this weekend. They had some great stuff. Or you can just get a full steak dinner. It doesn't matter. And, of course, if you want to cook it for yourself, just hop on in. get Grab yourself a steak, some burgers, some brisket, whatever it is you're looking for. They can take care of you at Welcome Home Beef. Whether you're cooking it, whether they're cooking it, when you're at Welcome Home Beef, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. Mississippi State has signed or has committed or has a commitment from, I guess I should say, uh, MJ Daniels, who is a guy, you know, we've been talking a lot uh, about uh, recently. Uh, a guy who has, you know, been sort of, a little bit of drama with the recruitment. I'm going to commit. I'm not going to commit. And then just sort of out of nowhere, uh, committed this Saturday to Ten, Mississippi State. <laughs> Nine days after saying he was going to wait till December. Exactly. So, um, big get for Mississippi State. Top 10 yeah. prospect in the state. Uh, a defensive back, which we all know is a position need. That gives you an opportunity. I found Mike Leach's recruiting pitch uh, interesting. Basically saying, if you're a defensive player, you'd rather play with me than against me. I like that. Yeah. That's a good pitch. <laughs> um, and, I mean, you know, it makes sense. And and I can't remember. It may have been 24-7. And I, I saw a Daniels quote somewhere saying that, you know, at Mississippi State, going to put up a lot of points. So that means other teams are going to be throwing the football a lot, trying to get back exactly, in the game. Exactly. And so that was attractive to him as well. Yeah. Um, which that's a pretty cool recruiting pitch too to go out on the trail and say, "Hey, we're going to score a lot of points. Uh, other teams are going to be throwing the ball a lot. We need a good DB, and that's you." Yeah, that's that's a pretty good pitch. Uh, Daniels, six foot three, two hundred pounder. He's playing cornerback right now uh, for George County, rated as the twenty seventh best athlete in the country. A three star composite, but four star on twenty four seven itself. Um, and for a guy who they said, you know, there's been some drama. Uh, we just mentioned the sort of, I'm going to commit, then I'm going to wait to December. Also, you know, decommitted from Ole Miss. But the belief now is that he feels like it, it, it's it's going to be okay. Uh, now, that doesn't mean you don't have to, you have to stop recruiting him. You, yeah. You're going to have to continue on that. But he's got some connections here. Dylan Lawrence is, I think, related to him, or if, if nothing else, is a, is a former teammate here. Um, got some family. His, his uncle is Tony Buckhalter, who played here uh, in the 90s. So he's got some connections to Mississippi State. Feels like this might be one that'll stick for for the Bulldogs, and you know, it's obviously recruiting is so fluid these days. But right now, when you look at that top ten in Mississippi, you've got uh, MJ Daniels, you've got Brandon Burkhalter, and you've got Jacoby Moore. Those are three of the top ten. Um, there is just a ton of smoke on on Kadarius Callaway getting back into this class. That would give you four, and then not as much, but there is some smoke. On Deion Smith coming back to this class, don't forget he was originally committed to Mississippi State. That would be sort of unprecedented for me, right? To flip an LSU and an Alabama guy who didn't get dropped. You just flipped them. That would be something pretty impressive for Mike Leach in year one to do. And would give you a good feel, I think, going forward. Yeah. Uh, 
Then, look, this isn't a plea to Callaway or anything that, that this is what he should do, but you know, you don't have to go too far back to find Mississippi athletes that wanted to go to Alabama and then went to Alabama and then didn't play kind of deal. Uh, I'm not saying that Callaway, Callaway might end up in Tuscaloosa and be a star. You know, I, I'm not saying that he couldn't do that, but I mean, there, there's a guy that came back to Mississippi State that's going to be on that offensive line this year, either in a reserve role or whatever. That there's thought one he could that's go at East Carolina now. I mean, yeah. there's a lot I of mean, those guys. You can find a lot of those guys, and I feel like you know, if, if Callaway ends up in Starkville, he is for sure, you know, going to be on the field for Mississippi State. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. defensive back. And, and so I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to put myself in Callaway's shoes. Which is kind of tough to do because I'm nowhere near right. as athletic as he is. But no, you're not. if I was, I'd want to go to the place where I thought I could make a difference. Yeah, and I'm not saying maybe he could. Maybe, and I know all these kids, especially in high school. You know, they have the league on the brain. And they think they're the next superstar, and a lot of them, you know, some of them will be, some of them won't be. But so I, I get that there's some. I believe I can, and maybe Tuscaloosa is it. But I don't know. We'll see. State State just kind of seems like might be a better fit. but yeah. Let's say you get that best-case scenario that I just mentioned, and you do flip Smith and Callaway. You've got five of the top ten at that point. And then of the other five, how much did you really recruit those guys? Isaiah Brevard was a guy that I think we can agree that if Joe Moorhead were still here, might have been a Bulldog because he is committed to Oregon. But I don't think State really pushed for him very much. Luke Altmeyer, you know that Mississippi State did not make a big push for Luke Altmeyer. Um, Antonio Harmon is the fifth-rated prospect in the State. Everybody says it's going to be between State and Ole Miss, but I feel like neither one of those teams right now wants to take him. It's a really odd situation. Uh, I think he'll end up at Ole Miss, but again, as a he's a wide receiver, and State has you know not made a huge push for him. And then Ty Keys, you know, is committed to Tulane State. I think State again. It's another guy. I feel like if Joe Moorhead were still here, Ty Keys would be committed to Mississippi State. But since he's not, he you know that's not he, he's not what Mike Leach was looking for. He wanted to get Sawyer Robertson. And then the last guy in the top ten is Jarquez Hunter, who I don't know a whole ton about, but from reading 24-7, basically he is determined to play running back at the next level, and that's not his best position. People are saying that if he was, if he would commit to playing safety, he would be one of the top prospects in the state, even more so than he already is, and would, and would have offers. But he is telling coaches, I want to play running back, and so that's sort of hurting him. But you'd have five of the top ten in that best-case scenario, and in the other five – Really, only Harmon's the one that you made a, a sort of a push for. So that's pretty good recruiting, in my opinion. Yeah. You get who you go after. That sounds like good recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the name of the game. I, I, you just you sort of making a joke there, but I do believe that. I, it's not so much you know what's on the, the 24-7 list. is You can tell who, who coaches value, right? You can tell, based on, on, on everything, who is on their list. If you're getting the players that are on your list, you're doing good. Because you've made your evaluation. You have to live and die with your evaluation. And, you know, for Mullen, it worked out a lot of time. For Moorhead, we'll have to see. But, you know, it, it looked like it worked out okay in terms of the talent he brought in. And now we'll see with Mike Leach, who, you know, has been doing this for 20 years and winning with lesser recruits the whole time. And, and like he said, he has a better access to that recruiting pool. As Guys like Teddy Knox and Malik Neighbors, you know, they're good receivers, and there. My guess is there are other guys of equal or lesser talent, or, or, or nearby talent, around that you could have gotten. But they focused on Knox and Neighbors, and they got them. So that's big. Robertson was their quarterback that they wanted. They got him. So even the the lower rated guys like a Trevon Marshall, 
They wanted him. They got him. Yeah. yeah. What you don't want to see is a guy that you've put a lot of time in recruiting in. Oh, I'm hearing from their coaches all the time. Oh, I'm visiting this weekend or that weekend, which, you know, there aren't going to be any visits, but in a normal year. And then you don't get them. So that's that's when you worry about your staff as a recruiting. Then that, that was a Mullen problem a lot. That you There were guys you could tell they were putting an effort on, and they didn't get them. We'll see how it's going for Leach, though. So uh, MSU class now rated uh, 32nd nationally, uh, 19 commitments. Would expect, you know, I, I expect them to sign a full class, 25 guys, and we'll see where that takes them. This class is, in all, like, in all likelihood, going to end up between 25 and 30, which is just the sweet spot, and that's better than Mike Leach has ever recruited before. And to do that in a year in this state, that, that it's down. This is a down year in the state of Mississippi for talent. There's not, especially on both sides of the offensive line, not, not a bad job. Not a bad job. But he's still got to get there. Still got some, some work to do. All right, speaking of work to do, Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right. Uh, we got a few of these here today, Joel. Uh, for full disclosure, on Friday's episode of Sports Talk Mississippi, I made a comment about the Navy Tulane game. I said, I like Tulane as, an, as a... Uh, think they were a five and a half point uh favorite and i was like you know i watched that navy team and they were just awful you know i don't know if they're going to be better this week or not and in full disclosure at 24 nothing tulane i sent richard cross and michael borky a text that said yeah i feel really good about that pick <laughs> but then a incredible comeback by navy and as a result willie fritz and the tulane green wave uh, no coffee for them. <laughs> so no coffee with chicory. You got to eat your beignets with no coffee this week in New Orleans. So no yeah. bourbon in the co- just straight bourbon. You, that's a, that's an incredible for you think about Navy, a team that you know if you're down twenty four, you think that's a team that can't come back because they they want to run the ball so much. But they did what they had to do, and they end up getting the win uh, over over Tulane. Yeah, twenty four nothing. The game should be so over, right? Seems like that uh, you can go ahead and crank up the bus you would at think. that point. But nope, nope. So, uh, another one? Another one for me? Um, I, I'm tempted to go with my man Rick Stockstill again. <laughs> so, if you watched uh, Sports Talk Mississippi on, on uh, Thursday when we had Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports on there, he made a comment about how he liked Rick Stockstill. And so, just a full this is a full disclosure pro- podcast here. Uh, when when Richard's doing one of those interviews that I'm not really a part of, I'm listening, but I'm also not listening. But when he said Rick Stockstill, you can see my ears perk up, and I looked at the camera and I was like, "Did he just say he likes Rick Stockstill?" And that's what he said. And I believe he took uh, Troy to or, or took to Middle Tennessee to cover against Troy on Saturday night. The final score of that game was Troy 47, Middle Tennessee State 14. So I don't think, again, I wasn't paying full attention, but I don't think that they were giving Middle Tennessee 34 and a half or anything of that nature. So I'm going to assume they did not cover. Uh, yeah, unfortunately for Middle Tennessee State, firing him would cost them nearly $6 million. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel confident in saying Rick Stockstill is not on the hot seat. 
Yeah, unless anyway. Middle, unless Middle Tennessee, unless some Middle Tennessee fan, super fan, wins the Powerball between now and then, not happening. So, but no coffee for Rick Stockstill. He's going to be, he's going to have to really rely on sweet tea to keep him caffeinated. And last but not least, here in the state of Mississippi, I was so ready for the the, the beginning of the Scotty Walden era down at, at Southern Mississippi. I was like, all right, because I thought we and and they ended up covering. But, you know, I was thinking, like, first game, new coach, at home. Doesn't it just seem like that he'll get a win? And and it felt like that. And then at 27, you know, they scored to make it 27 to 10. I'm like, they're rolling. And then they decided to go for two. And I am really starting to get fed up with coaches who are trying to outsmart the game. All right? There's not that much math in football that you're trying to do this. Just kick the extra point and be done with it. And you win the, and then you know you're up twenty-eight to ten, and who cares? I don't, I don't see what you had to gain, even if you get the two. So it's twenty-nine to ten. Is that what they were going to be? Okay, now we're down nineteen. We have to tap out. We're just, just try not to get anybody hurt. Down eighteen, we were still in it. I don't get what they were doing there, Joel. But I do get this: Louisiana Tech stages a comeback, and they win by one point. Also, shout out to Jeremy McLean, who, if you've seen this picture yet. The replay, he is standing almost directly in the way of the, the catch. Had he been stepped had he stepped one step to the right, that replay would not have been able to have been done and Southern Miss would have won the football game. Just it's just poor, Joel. Why why? Why do coaches do this stuff? <laughs> who who are you trying to impress? Am I gonna am I gonna be like okay, is McLean gonna go, oh he went for two up twenty seven to ten? Oh, he's hired. Take the interim tag off. What are they doing? Joel! <laughs> I really don't know. I have no idea. You're up 17. Uh, Just kick If the you extra kick point. the extra point, you're ensuring that they're going to have to get a two-point conversion. or At some, some point. At some point yeah. there. I guess maybe he's thinking if I get the two, now they're going to have to get two two-point conversions and a field goal. And then it's just three touchdowns. It's still yeah. You turn a three score game, game into a three score game. It's a classic example of somebody that out they, they out out themselves. Out themselves. Yeah. So no coffee for Scotty Walden and the USM Golden Eagles, and then our first ever NFL <laughs> no coffee, and it gives me great pleasure to to give this one out. But the Atlanta Falcons, what? They were up thirty nine to twenty four with eight minutes to go and found a way to blow it, including the most hysterical onside kick I may have ever seen. I don't know who their special teams coach is, but I'm gonna th- just from watching that, I won't be surprised if it rhymes with Bowie Bones. <laughs> Did he go to Atlanta? Is ended, he on the staff? Ended up not mattering, but and of course like as you said, we didn't watch the game, but mm-hmm. in keeping up with it on Twitter, uh Mike McCarthy went for a questionable two-point conversion here, he too. He did correct? as well. So he, that, that kind of got, nine, got, got get go overlooked. Three. It's funny how that works out, though, sometimes. Um, but, yeah, the Falcons. Come Why on. Why would you down nine go for two? I don't understand that I mean, at all. Make it, go ahead and assure that it's a one-score game. Exactly. You, I guess you're going to have to go for two at some point, yeah, but, that, but that's too early to chase. You make it an eight-point game, and then – you, if you need the two at the end, you go get it. I guess all is well that ends well for Mike McCarthy. All is well that ends well for Dak Prescott. What a game for, for him. Imagine, like you said, if he had mental toughness. First guy in NFL history to pass for 400 and, and rush rushes. for three touchdowns. I man. So in my my old fantasy league, that would have been worth like 100 points. 
just by himself. Because you got we got multipliers on passing yardage at 300 and then again at 400. And then if a player did something other than what they are supposed to do, you got double points for the touchdowns. So a quarterback rushing a touchdown or a running back catching a touchdown got you double points. So that would just if they, I don't know how long those rushes were, but if they were all one yard, that would have been 18 points by itself. And then on top of the passing yards would have been like 670 points. So yeah. Makes me wish. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so who who no coffee for uh Tulane? Rick Stockstill. Rick Stockstill. I love saying his name. Southern Mississippi and the Atlanta Falcons. What a shame. Rick Stockstill probably doesn't care if he ever gets coffee because he's got a $6 million buyout on his contract. Buy the coffee plant. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, 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 no coffee in, uh, in Murf Bru- Murphy's, Murphy's Bruzo, Tennessee. <laughs> That's not a million dollar idea. It's a $6 million idea to buy him out, though. You realize next week at this time, we're going to be giving no coffee to... SEC teams. Yes. I, I feel like Ole Miss is not going to get coffee. I'm very excited. I know Missouri's not. Uh, all right, so... What could Ole Miss do to not get coffee? Because nobody's expecting them to like win anyway. It was like 48 to nothing or something. Okay. It was just bad. Uh, all right. Tomorrow's show, uh, we'll record a little later in the evening because we've got Mike Leach at 2 o'clock. Uh, so we'll hear what he has to say. That should set a depth chart for us. That should also give us an idea. You know, they should for sure know that KJ Costello is the starting. Excuse me, starting quarterback. Um, and then we have our first picks. And I got. I, I think I've mentioned this to you. I'm going to go ahead and set you guys up. I decided to add a little spice to the picks this year. We're going to have the double trouble pick. And what that is is every week you don't have to take it, but you're allowed to pick a game that if you get it right you get two points. But if you miss it, the trouble is you lose a point. So if you if you pick a big winner, you pick somebody. Oh, I'm going to take Georgia to crush Arkansas, and Arkansas somehow pulls off a monster upset. You're down a point. So I think that'll add a little spice to the end of the year. How many of these two pointers are we both going to take at Arkansas and Vandy's expense? A lot. Yeah. Or just whoever Alabama's playing or whatever, <laughs> something like that. Uh, so that we start our picks tomorrow. Rumblings on Wednesday. We'll talk to somebody from LSU this week, and then on Friday, uh, of course, we also have. Uh, the uh, the Augustinelli family reunion show. We'll have that as well. This is our show. And then on Friday, the three Ps. We'll be back in your life. Well, sports back today for me and Joel. Sports are back. SEC football is back. Let's enjoy it. Guys, have, Hallelujah. A, have a great one. Talk to you again on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.